Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of Get Wrecked, the only podcast anywhere in the world where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I am, of course, your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today, as always, by my friend and co-host. He didn't hear a word of what Joe said. He just put a bullet into his head. It's Micah. Uh... Is that that's a Kings of Leon reference? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay. That's All a song right. called Joe's Head, where Joe's he talks head. about putting a bullet in Joe's head for sleeping with his girlfriend. I guess that makes sense. That's <laughs> a valid feeling. I guess uh, you threw me off a little bit there, Thor. I didn't know that we were starting. Oh, okay. I, I was like, all right, we're ready. But normally I hit record and we'd chat for like a couple of seconds and then we go, all right, you ready? And then we start. This time I was like, no, I'm jazzed. Yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> I clicked it and you were like, hello, folks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are we getting into today, man? Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. And specifically uh, their first and second albums, uh, their first album, Youth and Young Manhood, and their second album, Aha Shake Heartbreak. Uh, and they were put out around uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, I think about how long ago that was, and it doesn't feel like that long ago. And then I realized that it's 20 years ago. It makes me feel real old, and it makes me... Like, I don't see Kings of Leon as a band that's been around for almost 20 years. Yeah, so Youth and Young Manhood, the first album, 2003. Where were oh, you wow. in 2003? I was in. I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, I yep. was in... Eighth grade, we yeah. in eighth grade, and then Aha Shake Heartbreak came out the following year, two thousand four. Yeah, yep, high school, dude. Freshman year for me, uh, I had such a crush on some of the seniors in my class because with us going to a trade school, I was in classes like with my I went for commercial art. Mm-hmm. That was a mixed level course, so the level ones were with the level fours. So fourteen year old Micah was in a classroom with eighteen year old high school chicks chatting it up with some seniors yeah nice. i'm like man <laughs> yeah they were uh yeah yeah and of course i was like not to boast but i was pretty good as far as my level in the classroom so the seniors liked me a little bit more okay like as far as your skill level yeah okay yeah makes sense yeah so uh yeah that's where i was at in 2003 <laughs> <laughs> these guys were jamming out yeah, no, I actually disco- like I discovered this album a couple years later, because um, I, I was probably a, maybe like a junior in high school. Oh, when you discovered them? Yeah. Okay. And I, I tell you, these two albums, love them. Love them to death. And a lot of times when I pick music, it tends to be people with like a really interesting, unique story. Yeah. These guys, they do have an interesting story, but certainly not not at the level of like Bowie or Sublime or okay. the Fugees, right? Yeah. It's just great music that I love. That easily love. easily these two albums in my top 10. We've Re- pretty much just been working through my top 10 albums <laughs> on this show. Yeah. Aside from Kras, I wouldn't put them in you like... You wouldn't put Kras in your top 10? No. Maybe one or two of their songs. Sure. But not as a whole, like... Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I wouldn't put any of Crass in my top 10, but there were a couple of songs <laughs> that, I, that I enjoyed <laughs> more than others. Um, man, okay. 
I've, I've got to ask you a question totally off topic. Okay. And you can cut this if you want. No, that's fine. What was it like being in that junior high school that year? Uh, it was the year before? No, no, it was that. Well, it was 2002. Yes. Because yeah. okay. you, were, you were in... Yeah, so um, what you're referring to is my junior high school... In, it was 2002, and maybe it was 2003. I think it was towards the end of the year. Um, a kid who I sat next to in science class. Oh, geez, you sat next to him? Yeah. Holy crap. Brought in a gun and was a school shooter. Um, he shot our principal, a guy by the name of Dr. Segro, and then uh, everyone ran. He turned the gun on himself. I actually... <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. <laughs> It's, it's, how, it's, it's how we cope. It's man. more. It's more like a, a circumstance. So yeah. I actually wasn't there. Okay. I'll never forget this though, because me and um, a couple of my friends were on our way to school. Because school hadn't even officially started. Right. It was what a... happened. Everybody would get there in the mornings. All the people who rode buses, they would get there early whenever the bus dropped them off, and they would all sit in like the cafeteria yeah. until classes started. So we're up at the top because the junior high is at the bottom of the hill and at the top of the hill is the elementary school. And so we're walking and we're laughing and joking, just normal, normal kid stuff. We're eighth grade boys. You know what I mean? Just sure. goofing around. And all of a sudden we just see a bunch of people come running up the hill. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're we're at the elementary school walking past it and we just see just a mob of people running up to us. And I'll never forget this okay. There's this guy, I can't think of his last name, but his name is Josh. They're all running up and at first we're laughing. We're like, look at these dorky track kids running track at seven in the morning. What's going on, right? <laughs> hold, hold on. Before you and get then too, before you get too far in this, you're telling me the track kids were at the head of the pack? No. Oh, okay. That's how. That's what gave it away. And then we were like, "Oh, wait, they're all just wearing clothes. They're normal clothes." Okay. And that, and it's a lot of. That's not the track team. Okay. I thought you were telling me that the track team was ahead of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. But okay. this kid, Josh. So we're like, "Dude, Josh!" Like he gets up to us first, and we're like, "Josh, what's going on?" And he goes, "Somebody just got shot." Click, click, boom, style. <laughs> I swear to God, word for word, that's what. And we're like, what? And, what? and then, and then what? everybody went to the elementary school. We were locked down there for a few hours. I bet. Which really pissed me off. I'm like, I should have just went home, because I had to just sit in. Yeah. <laughs> in the school, in the sc- Sheesh. Yeah, man. That's wild. That was a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that kid sat next to me in a uh, science class that year. And I mean, we knew him too. It's not like sure. it was a huge school. I had a few classes with him the year before as well. A kid huh. named uh, Jimmy Sheets. That's right. His name was Jimmy. Yeah, I I wasn't there, but I remember, uh, like our friends just telling me about it because, like Dan was in that was there, yeah. and I think that Dan was in the in the spot where it happened yeah a lot of the people in my class saw it happen yeah that's why like actually saw them 
I mean, I can't claim to say I really have any like trauma or anything from that. I never, yeah. I wasn't actually there. Well, thankfully, you yeah, weren't there. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. It's not something you want to see, I assume. Sheesh. But yeah, man. Okay. I just, we were on the, we were on like fucking CNN because back then it wasn't like there's a school shooting every other week. Right. <laughs> so yeah, it made CNN. I remember seeing our school on the national news, seeing pictures of our school. I was like, holy shit. Yeah wild that yeah that's that's insane all over a girl too of he course he was dating it's all a, girl. Over a girl she broke up with him and i mean it's sad man yeah it is it's obviously very sad it's been a long it was a long time ago at this point 20 yeah. years yeah so yeah about as long as king's leon's first album King yeah leon's, i mean i don't know if the two are related probably not i'm going to assume they're not who knows oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Hey, folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep. I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, anyway, I just was curious. <laughs> you said you said that you were in eighth grade, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right, you were there. Uh, and I was having a real hard time focusing on what you were saying. I just had to ask you that question. Just thinking about that, yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, moving on. We love Kings of You Love Kings of Leon. Yes. Okay. I love these two albums. I'll be honest, I don't really know a lot of their work that came after this. Aside from 2008, their fourth album. These guys were making albums for a while. It took their fourth album till they found mainstream success. Yeah. That's the song I had. I've been running around, oh, looking down with yeah. no last That song and yeah. uh Yo, sexy's on fire. Yeah, yeah, both of those hit pretty big. Yeah, that that <laughs> summer, that was the summer of like 2008 or 2009, I think. Yeah, I think so. That they really caught fire at that, that point. That's when I found out about them. That's when I heard about them. Yeah, and not that, and I was happy to see that they were getting success because I was like, I know that this is a band of musicians that mm -hmm. make good music. I didn't particularly love that. It felt like they kind of went a little bit more pop and alt-rocky. They definitely changed. Which, which is fine, just sure. not not for me. Yeah. So for me, these two albums, that's what I'm in love with. Yeah. Yeah, when you had me listen to this, I was expecting something akin to what their radio singles are. Yeah, it's pretty and wild how much they changed. They changed a lot. Yeah, it's very, very different. It kind of reminded me almost of the songs that I've heard of Jet a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, something along those lines. I would say they really have, I think they could fit in pretty well with like the Hives. Yeah. And the Shins, maybe? Is, the that, shin is that who I'm thinking of? But definitely the Hives. Yeah. The and Shins. They're kind of from that same era. Yeah. The Shins has a, he's got a really nice voice, like a really beautiful melody voice though. Which, not to say that this guy doesn't have a good voice, it's just very, very not that. It's very yeah. different. I would say bands that come up a lot on, like, a Pandora mix with them mm -hmm. would be, like, the Black Keys. I could see that. The Hives. 
pro- I mean, even the darkness, definitely two very different singing style and the music is different, but it, they both kind of have that almost like traditional rock revival feel. Sure. Yeah. Their stuff kind of reminded me of a Tarantino film every now and then. Okay. Like I could see, I could see it being on a soundtrack um, if it was older, because Tarantino only does. Like, oh, one of their songs like was actually used in a couple soundtracks. In Tarantino soundtracks? Not in Tarantino oh, soundtracks. I was say, called it. No, man. N- not quite Tarantino. Oh. Um, <laughs> a movie with Shia LaBeouf called Disturbia. Okay. And uh, Cloverfield. Oh, that's interesting. And the song was Taper Jean Girl. Interesting. Huh. That's when it goes, oh, shake, tip a girl, burn. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That one was used in two soundtracks. That's, inter- that's interesting that that was, uh, that was in there. I remember Disturbia, because um, was, that was just like a a different version of, wasn't it Broken Window? Was it, that, was it Hitchcock's? I, it's definitely Broken a Hitchcock. Movie. I don't know the name, but it's the one, yeah. the classic trope of, the person with a broken leg. In this case, he has an ankle monitor and he can't leave his house. Yeah. But the guy sits and peeps out his window at his neighbors and sees a murder. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty solid film. Um. Yeah, man. This was this was a lot a lot different than what I was expecting coming into it. I listened to it a couple of times, uh, like a couple of times through your playlist because you gave me like five or six from each album of their first two CDs. Yep. Um. And I think out of the two, I liked their second album more. Okay. Based solely on the music itself. Not his singing, but the music. Like the guitars, the bass. Yeah, um, it has a much more polished feel. Yeah. And it has a much more like, not experimental, but compa- I would say compared to what they were doing before, you could tell at that point they're, they are experimenting with different sounds. Sure. Yeah, their first album was very chords a lot. And... um they're, yeah, their first album is pretty close to like I think they could play at a punk show and people yeah. would be like hell like it's fast, it's pounding, just like and all the drummies are one, two, one, two, mm-hmm. one, two, one, two, and yeah. it's got a very raw feel. Like if you if you were to go to a like a punk show in high school and listen to a local band, those are the vibes that you get on that first album. Yeah, it's real garage rock. Yeah. Like real southern garage rock. And Dude, I can't help when I listen to this is, God, I wish I could have seen them when they were making that, when they first started, like, in 2003, playing that stuff. Yeah. Because you can just feel the energy. They're young. They're hungry. I love early albums in bands' discographies because you get that a lot. And, like, you can just feel that it's just, it is raw. Yeah. Do you think that some of that comes from recording technology as well? Like, not that uh, obviously recording was better than what it has been in the past in the early 2000s, but uh, a lot of first time bands in the late 90s, early 2000s, they probably couldn't pay for great recording. Exactly. That's what I was just about to say. That probably certainly has something to do yeah. with it. And then as they progress, they can, you know, pay for that. They get on better record labels yeah. that have better producers and that type of stuff. Well, and also, let me uh, hold on. Let me find band members okay so i'll give you a little bit of their kind of history and it'll probably help make sense too of how they uh how they start so the entire band is a family oh okay uh it is brothers caleb jared and nathan all right 
and then their cousin, Matthew, all with the last name Followell. So Caleb is the singer, rhythm guitar. Jared, his brother, is bass, keyboards. Matthew, the cousin, is lead guitar. And Nathan Followell, his brother, uh, is like drums, percussion, percussion stuff. Okay. So Caleb, Nathan, and Jared, the brothers, they were the son of a... A Pentecostal preacher in the South. Okay. A traveling preacher. So literally their entire childhood was spent driving around Mississippi and Oklahoma to different tents, to different revivals for weeks, at, for a couple weeks at a time for their father to preach. And basically they started playing music when somebody was just like, as part of uh, part of service, they'd be like, here, bang on some drums. <laughs> okay. That was kind of how their music started. That's hysterical because that okay yeah that's very Pentecostal yeah, you can too. Find, and one song I didn't put it on the list I probably should have. It's called Holy Roller Novocaine, and that was kind of one of their first big hits. You should go I, ahead and take a listen to that one. It's a really good song. That's such a cool name for a song. And so it seems like the lyrics are all of his lyrics. I'll admit are it's kind of tough to get a read on. A lot of the times, the way he sings is like. I'll be honest with you, I've been listening to these albums for 15, 16 years. Yeah. I still couldn't tell you every lyric and every song. <laughs> Not even tough. close. There's yeah. a lot of them where I'm still like, I don't know. But I th- I'm pretty <laughs> sure I get what you're saying, even if I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> he has a hell of a voice. But in any case, so um, Caleb and Nathan, they turned 18. They moved to Nashville to start playing music. And they were working with people, learning how to write songs. And essentially, they got a deal. They got a deal from a record company. But it was just supposed to be the two of them, kind of a Black Keys type situation. Okay. And they were like, no, how about this? Our (laughs) brother Jared, or yeah, our brother Jared, who's still in high school, mind you, we'll teach him how to play bass. Okay. And our cousin Matt, he used to play guitar when he was like 10 or 11. So we four will be the band. <laughs> but didn't clear it, didn't call Matthew and Jared to clear it with them. So then what they did is they came and picked up Jared, once again, still in high school, and picked up Matthew and told him, oh, we're just going to go on a trip for a week. Kidnapped them, essentially. <laughs> locked themselves in a basement with an ounce of weed. And for a month straight... They just got stoned and wrote uh, four or five songs. That's crazy. I kind of love that, to be honest. <laughs> that's that's wild. Okay, so yeah. And so in that first month, oh no, they got three songs done. California Waiting, Molly's Chambers, and Holy Roller Novocaine. Okay. So those three songs they wrote in that first month. And basically the record company came, they played them for them. Yeah. And they got signed. Wow. So it makes that's another reason why that album is so raw. Their bass player is still learning how to play bass. Their okay. guitar player, even though he has played guitar, wasn't like a touring musician, professional musician. Sure. Yeah. Low level <laughs> guitar player. Yeah. Right. So literally as they're writing the first two albums, they're still learning how to play their instruments. That's kind of nuts. And it makes sense because their music kind of is sounds unlike anything else too. They kind of have this unique sound. Sure, like they're they're not following the rules because they don't know them type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Even on the drums, 
uh, Nathan plays the drums. Okay. And I don't know how much you picked up on, like, he's subtly and sneakily a really weird but cool drum player. Hmm. They do, he does a lot of, like, waltz time. Okay. Which is, like, uh, like three, four time. Yeah. Whereas most traditional music is, like, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, yeah, four. Yeah, especially rock music. But, a lot of times it's in four, four. Yeah, so, but uh, what is considered a waltz is, like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. So he does a lot of that. Um, the song specifically Genius, mm-hmm. if you give that one a listen, the drum the drum beat is the snare drum is going one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. But then the bass drum behind it is going, like, one and two and three and four. One. It's like, it's like this off temp, like this off syncopation, like one, two, three, and four. One, two, three, two, three. While, meanwhile, the ba- the snare drum is going one, two, one, two, one, two. Like, huh, that's kind of cool. He he does, a, and there's a lot of that. He's, he doesn't do like crazy drum solos. Yeah. But he is sneakily a really good drummer, and we used to try to play these songs in high school. Yeah. Pretty tough. And... <laughs> My buddy Mike Hegg, who played drums for us when we would jam, he hated trying to do the Kings of Leon songs. He's like, I don't know how he plays this. Yeah. He's like, the times, like, it doesn't make sense because the what he does with his feet on the bass drum and what he does with, like, the tom-toms and the snare mm-hmm. doesn't match. Does, that's interesting. <laughs> that's that's something that you got to have too for a drummer or to be a drummer is to to hit yeah. those different uh time signatures so it kind of gives them this really weird that's kind of in, cool. interesting sound so but yeah. that was the long way of saying i think that's also a big reason why they sound so raw in that first album okay and why they were so quick to go a really different direction in the second album yeah well and even from the second album to what is out for the radio friendly stuff it's very different from from the radio, even in that album. Yeah, like I can start to see the change, but um, I think the biggest difference for me is the way that the lead singer sings versus what's on the radio. Okay. As far as those first two albums, for sure. Yeah, because he, I don't know, um, I don't know what brought that on, but I felt the guy on the radio sounds like he's had vocal lessons. He sounds like. He's been practicing singing for a long time. And I guess that's their fourth album, so he probably has been at that point. Yeah. But the guy on their first two albums sounds like he might have a natural knack, and he's going to give it a try. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a totally different style. How do you feel overall about about the vocals on these two albums? I'm not too keen on the vocals. Really? Okay. Um, They... Not that I'm equating them to this as far as uh, the type of band they are, but it's along the same lines with me with ACDC, where the music, I really enjoyed. I really enjoy ACDC's music. Not a fan of the guy's vocals, either of their vocals. Okay, wow. All right. That's like, I think that's what makes them. That's like such a big part of it. ACDC or Kings of Leon? Both. Oh, okay. Um, I could see that. Yeah, I could see. And, it, and it's not something that's... Um, it's not egregious, right? It doesn't doesn't throw me off. It's not like God, I really hate his vocals, but at the same time, I'm like, eh. Yeah, it almost it almost feels like he's singing bad intentionally. Uh, yeah, I, I, I get what that. you mean. Like, yeah. it's definitely he like kind of like has this raspy wail that he does. Sure, that's in many cases it's really 
barely could be considered singing, I think. I think yeah. that would be a fair <laughs> statement. There are parts of his vocals that I like. Um, those those parts in particular, I think, where he's kind of raspy and like they're ah type of, I don't know, James Brown shit yeah. type of thing. I, I kind of enjoy those, but the... Um, that, that, to me, doesn't do much. Yeah. Um, I always thought it kind of sounds like like somebody's drunk uncle <laughs> sad, <laughs> like at the bar just trying to well, let me tell you a story yeah there's god yeah and uh get some whiskey for the table uh i didn't care i didn't hear a word what he said but a boy in his head i love cigarettes i called up my friend fred i said fred i just killed a man Called me with my girlfriend, and now they both did. There we go. We just did the song. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> the song, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, and again, I didn't dislike it, but probably his vocals were the, my least favorite part of their music. Okay. I liked the guitars a lot. I liked the bass a lot. Um, I liked the drums, but they didn't stand out to me in the way that they stood out to you. I was honestly more focused on the bass. Okay. Uh, going through it. It was jam music. Like, I can put it on, do the dishes, and I'm, like, bobbing my head, tapping my toes. Dude, this is some of my favorite driving music. Yeah, for sure. I could see that. Dude, I mean, yeah. it's a nice sunny day. Yeah. The highway's not too busy. Put on some Kings of Leon and some of those, in the back of the night to the red morning light, and I'm just fucking flooring it. Like, yeah, let's yep. do it. Wind in your hair. Yeah, got some sunglasses on. Yes, this is that style of music. For sure. Driving barefoot because you just shuffled your flip-flops off to the side. Yeah. I would never do that. Oh, I do that all the time. All I the hate time. driving in bare feet. What? I, I don't like it. I, I drive know. bare feet any chance I get. <laughs> do you, Is it really illegal? I, I remember people always saying, like, you can't drive with, your, with bare feet. It's illegal. I don't know if that's true. I just don't like it. I don't know if that's true either. My parents would say stuff like that to me. And they would also – did your parents say, like, you can't have the uh, the car light on while you're driving? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Is that, that really that a That people thing? say, I I don't know. I, I've never had anybody pull me over and go, hey, you were driving barefoot and with the light on, so we're going to have to take you in. <laughs> yeah, you're going to jail, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> if you'd have been doing one of them, I could give you off and with a warning. But both of them, nah. Get in the car. Read me my remote. That is funny. Rights. Yeah. Anytime I see somebody driving with the light on, <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, oh, oh you, you watch it. You watch it. <laughs> You're being risky. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. I drive barefoot all the time. Yeah, I don't like it. I have done it. Like, if I'm wearing flip-flops, you, you kind of have to if you're wearing flip-flops. Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. To I wear flip-flops. flip-flops very rarely, though. Oh. Once the season is, is good that I can... Wear flip flops. That's usually what I'm in. Yeah, you're baking them piggies in the sun. I like ba- I like <laughs> being barefoot. Or I actually, I actually just bought barefoot style shoes. What's that mean? Like um, the Vibrams? So they're similar. Vibrams would be in the barefoot shoe category. Okay. Essentially, they are a shoe that has a very thin sole, uh, and there's no arch support. There's not really anything there other than it's like a sock with a sole that you can put on your foot. Okay. And the toe of the shoe is very wide so that your toes don't like scrunch up together the way that they do in a okay. shoe. 
So it's just why that way you can be barefoot without getting your feet all nasty and stepping. Essentially, on okay. yeah. But the soles, yeah, the soles are sh- are like super thin. So like those Vibram five fingers, like those toe shoes, um, you can. If you step on grass, you can kind of feel the texture of the shoe under or of the grass under your feet. Oh, that's cool. Um, or if you're on concrete, like you can feel it that way. So I've been I've been getting into barefoot shoes. I think I'm gonna just buy barefoot shoes from now on. That's pretty cool. I, I dig that. Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. Pretty cool. I forget what we were talking about. Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon. Yeah. <laughs> Those boys ain't wearing barefoot shoes. They're wearing cowboy boots. Are they uh, are they know. southern guys? Yeah, they're definitely southern. Yeah, would you say Mississippi is Mississippi? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, definitely southern. Yeah, yeah. Spent their <laughs> life at at uh, church revivals, dude. I bet they saw some wild shit. Oh at, yeah, at Pentecostal church revivals. Mm-hmm. At Pentecostal churches, man, you see some stuff. It'll it'll put the fear of God in you for real. <laughs> yeah, no, we had an episode where you talked about seeing. With people being possessed and well, not possessed, but having like the the spirit being taken by the spirit. Yeah, and shit, yeah, know? wild stuff. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much of that influenced their music too, as far as the content of what they sing about, because it very clearly does not seem anything with religious undertones to me, at least from what I could make out. Yeah, of the, the music doesn't seem religious undertone, but I mean, I get kind of the feel like. The way he we were talking about the way he sings, mm-hmm. the way he sings is kind of like a preacher, like when he starts really getting worked up and yelling and screaming. Sure, not not that that sounds like a preacher giving a sermon, but those those Southern Baptist and and God, Pentecostal uh, churches, the pastors get really into it. They get fired up. They get really fired up. Mm-hmm. So I kind of get that from him. And their father was a pastor doing yeah. this, so they probably saw that. You know what I mean? They were learning stage presence mm-hmm. from the time they were born. Sure. I'm not gay no more. <laughs> I am delivered. Right? They were seeing that kind of shit all the time. So I get that vibe from him when he's singing. Yeah. Like when he starts getting all worked up. Sure. Do you know what made them go from the style of music that this was, this kind of garage rock, and what kind of pushed them towards a radio-friendly sound? Do you have any idea? insight into that um i i read an interview with them it was around the time uh they were getting very popular and it was after that that the fourth album uh which was come around sundown and was that the radio album or or no because uh only by night that's the one with the radio singles okay and then after that they released an album called come around sundown and so i read a interview with them with one of them and they were saying essentially, because primarily Nathan and Jer, uh, Nathan and Caleb. Caleb once again is the singer. He's him and Nathan are the older brothers. Okay. And so the majority of the songwriting is them. Okay. And so he he was kind of saying that they there's always this tug, this push and pull between the two of them of let's make something that's gonna sell and not gonna just flop. And let's make something that sounds really cool. So they, you know, they're brothers. So I'm sure they are, they can argue with each other and be really honest. Sure. And still at the end of the day, you know, get the work done and, Mm -hmm. and get over it. But yeah, so essentially you're saying, you know, one of them has the mindset of, I want to make the coolest, most genuine music I can. 
And then the other one is like, yeah, but this is our job. So <laughs> let's make something that is going to get radio play and that people are going to like. Okay. And so between that tug and pull, they kind of in the middle is where they end up at. And the first album certainly doesn't feel like that. And even, even the second album, I mean, there are some weird songs on there. The song Day Old Blues. Yeah. That's when he's Day Old Day Old Blues. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. The first two albums sound like they're the same band. I think if you were to just say, listen to this album and listen to this album and then listen to this album and then throw the one with the which radio Which one doesn't singles, belong. Yeah. Which one doesn't yeah. belong. Which one is not the same band. I would definitely pick the radio album yeah for sure like 100 percent um it just sounds it sounds not even just the style of music is different but the way he sings is different too yeah and that kind of seems like that's probably one of those things is as they picked up steam and started getting popularity i you, i have to imagine he got that note every single time they met with record label people mm. like hey you gotta start singing your lyrics so people can understand what you're saying <laughs> sure because and these first two albums they did have a good bit of success with in the uk okay isn't that weird they were they were very popular popular in england and ireland that's... um and that's really where they found a lot of their early success that's interesting so their first three albums did pretty well um, just, uh, I was reading for their first album, Youth and Young Manhood. In America, they sold like right around a hundred thousand units of that album. Okay. Whereas in the UK, they sold closer to eight hundred thousand. Oh wow, that's a lot more. And they they were nominated for awards and they won stuff and in the UK some of them yeah like top forty charts and stuff like that in Sheesh. the UK. That's cool. That's weird that bands are that way because Toto's that way too. Like they were much bigger in europe than they were in these states yeah yeah do you think that's where that's where Jimi hendrix got popular what well jimmy but he was popular here too though yeah yeah eventually but he didn't actually get really discovered until he went to england oh yeah he was playing he was on what was called back in the day it was called the chitlin circuit um so that it was essentially what you would call the bible belt and it was black, uh, like R and B group. So he he played backup guitar for Little Richard. Huh. He played guitar for Little Richard and the Isley Brothers. Okay. Um. Actually, he and Little Richard really didn't get along because he <laughs> was uh, he was so good on the guitar that Little Richard felt like he was taking the spotlight away from him. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he was like a backup guitarist wow. played guitar in people's bands and then he went to england and that's where he recorded hey joe and purple haze and all that stuff and that's where that's where he got popular okay made eric clapton like smash his guitar <laughs> what or not smash his... so um because in the 60s in england he had beef there with was, eric clapton there was a well clapton had beef with him oh geez okay because eric clapton was god in in the sixties in England, okay, <laughs> there there was a huge uh, music scene. Okay, yeah, Spe specifically in London, there were like music clubs, um, and you know that's really the birthplace of rock and roll: Beatles, The Stones, The mm -hmm. Who, Clapton. Yeah, and there was a show, and 
uh, Hendricks went out first, and he's still new. Like, still Purple Haze probably hadn't even come out yet. He was still there. Was he was just this new guy in England that people were like, Are you, "Have you heard about Jimi Hendrix? He's this guy's insane. He plays the guitar like nobody else." And he went out and played. And Clapton was supposed to play after him, and Clapton took his guitar and went home. <laughs> Wow. Because he was like, I can't go on after that. Because he because he was doing things nobody had ever thought to do. And this was before he was like burning the guitar and going all like fully theatrical with his performances. Yeah. But he was just played so good that Clapton like Clapton hated him. Dude, when the Beatles were uh released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, yeah. That day. Hendrix is perfect pitch, which means he can hear something and play it back. The day the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, he played a show and covered the entire album front to back. What? Yeah. That's so wild. And I mean, it doesn't sound great. Sure. Like I've, I've like, I assume I've heard recordings of him doing some, some of those songs. But I mean, just to do an attempt of that though. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure like, Paul McCartney was like in the audience. Oh yeah, yeah. Did Paul McCartney think it was awesome? I feel like he would I, think it was. I awesome. believe so. Yeah. 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 The Beatles loved Hendrix. Yeah. To my that's to my understanding. I'm not kind of fuzzy on that detail specifically, yeah. but yeah, that's the, very yeah. Uh, I think it was Paul McCartney and uh, George Harrison were at the show where Hendrix covered their entire album they had released that, that day. day. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, imagine their the surprise. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, England is, you know, oftentimes where bands go to get, and I think it makes sense because you know they have a similar sensibility to us, but not exactly the same. So something that's maybe I think in America we want stuff that's more polished. Yeah, I would. It agree. seems like they are probably more likely. You know, because let's be honest, they're yokels and they can't, you know, we came from them, but that's why we defeated them is because yeah. they stink. Exactly. And and now we like better things. Exactly. We like things that are better. Yeah. So if, you're, if your thing is kind of good, it's a turd that needs polished, go over to England. They'll You'll help, do great. They'll help you polish it. <laughs> Not you... to say this is, <laughs> I feel like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm saying I love these albums and then just called them a turd. Not the case. Okay, so did they ever have any other members in their band, or has it always been this band? Yeah, like just for them. That's impressive in itself, too. Yeah, once again, family. Yeah, but like Chevelle was a family, too. And it was oh three. Oh, God, Chevelle, I was, remember them. Yeah, it was three brothers, and at one point they kicked out their brother. Yeah. Like two of the three of them. Yeah, see Oasis, too. Yeah. Same. Right? <laughs> they still, those guys still don't talk. I mean, at some point, you you just it's beyond why, and it's just you don't like them anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a legit blood feud. Yeah, that a legit blood feud. Yeah, so it's it's kind of cool that they have been able to be together for almost twenty years and make it work still. Like yep. that's pretty awesome. Yeah, even their name, Kings of Leon, that's named after their grandfather was named Leon. Oh, okay. So literally, they named the band after their grandpa. So that's where they got their name. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
It's um. Is there any songs that really stand out to you that you really enjoyed? There, yeah, there actually was. Uh, let me see if I can look look at their track list real quick. Um, it was one of the early songs on the second album, or at least the earlier songs on the second album of that playlist that, playlist that you gave me. Uh, King of the Rodeo was was one that I really enjoyed. Oh yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. I did like Taper Jean Girl. Um, and I liked, I liked Raz quite a bit Raz too. Great. How did you feel about the slower songs like Milk and, uh, I liked Soft, the, I liked the slower songs. Yeah. I liked those. Yeah. I thought that they were pretty good. Yeah. Musically. I really liked what they were doing in a lot of their stuff. Um, his voice just didn't, it didn't jump out to me. And I think for some reason I'm, I'm really into vocals if there are vocals like that, my, my mind just wants to pay attention to that. Okay. Um, and I kind of have to force myself to listen to the rest of the music. Just naturally. I, I look, I listen for harmonies and, and, uh, that type of stuff. So I think because of that and the way that he sings is generally not in my wheelhouse. It just didn't jump out at me, but I really, really enjoyed the music. Like, I don't want you to think that I didn't like this. No, 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 I get it. I was just curious if there were ones that stand out. That's, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, those those would be the ones that definitely stood out. For the the first album... Was there any songs you just didn't like or didn't care for? Uh, not... Tranny, maybe? Yeah, I, I that one was not... That one probably would fall into that. But that was yeah. really it, as far that's as... That's one where his voice gets real bad. If he, That's one where it feels like his bat, his voice is intentional. Yeah. Yeah, but um, other than that, I, th- I think I liked the second one a lot more just because I felt like um, with the first album, a lot of it sounded repetitive to me. Okay. That could have been on me a little bit too. Uh, I would say, like, listen to some of the, like, just listen to that album. Sure. Because there are some, I, I didn't put many of the slow songs from the first album mm. on there. Okay. All um, right, but there are some ones on there I think you probably enjoy. Yeah. Okay. And again, I thought that that album was that album was good. Um, that album fully was like good background music. Yeah. You know, put something on, and I can listen to it without having to uh, think too deeply about it, and it just moves you. Yeah. It's this is the type of mu- music that makes you want to move. Oh, for y- sure. You want to bob your head, tap your toes. Yeah. Driving, gym. Yeah. Just doing shit around the house. Yeah. Great. This is that type of music. Yeah, for sure. 100%. How do you feel, Thor, about the radio stuff then? If if you were introduced to this, and how were you introduced to this? Like, where did you find this? Uh, One of my friends. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it was probably my buddy Nick, um, who you met. He was uh, one of the groomsmen at my... At my wedding. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Nick. It was either Nick or Matt. They were both <laughs> groomsmen at my wedding. <laughs> I remember looking at Nick and being like, why is this guy in my house? <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> you know what I remember most about that night? Hmm. Is you and my wife of a couple hours getting into a... He both wasted, both of you super drunk, mm-hmm. 
getting into a huge argument about religion. Okay. And and the thing was, she she was trying to like the and it was so infuriating to me because her sister had said something to her a couple days before. We were just having a conversation of like this is kind of something that doesn't make sense to me. Okay. And she was trying to explain like she was like, well, why do you think about this? And and didn't even explain the thing that she was trying to explain. Said something completely different. Oh, okay. And then you're like, what? And then you and then you were lighting her up, and she was like, no, you're no, you. And so she was arguing a point that wasn't her point to begin with, and that she had like was too drunk to even vocalize. And so you two were arguing about two different things. That's kind of funny. That's kind of hysterical. And literally got to, like, it was towards the end of the night. And yeah. literally I had to be like, okay, I'm going to get in the car now. You can come out. I'm leaving in two minutes. So if you're in the car, cool. If not, have fun arguing with Micah all night. Yeah, I'll go all night if if no one reigns me in. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys were so drunk. <laughs> I was so pissed. And literally, this was a couple out, hours right. after getting married. Yeah. I yeah. was so pissed. Because it was the after party. Because I was stone sober. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I was just high on life that day. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Afterwards. But she was wasted. <clears throat> yeah. I, I used to really like to get argumentative. I like to banter back and forth. Yeah. And and getting inebriated brings that out in me. Yeah, no. I love it. <laughs> I love it's very fun. So I'm sorry, Kendra. I don't even know what we were arguing about. I couldn't even tell you. I just know it was something religion based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh but in a case, yeah, so Nick introduced me to this. Okay. We were talking about how Nick was just in your house and you don't you were like, Who is this guy? Why is he? Well, because I used to not like Nick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because okay. like he liked it, it's real high school shit. It's in fact it's junior high shit. <laughs> Bringing it back around to junior high, um, it's junior high shit about like a girl that I was dating at the time, and I remember seeing him and I'm like, never in a million years would I have thought that that guy is gonna be in my house. <laughs> I don't have anything against him now, yeah. right? You know, it was forever ago, um, and so and I think that I even told him that like while we were there, or while everything was going on. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe that you were in my house. And I think <laughs> to my knowledge, we're fine because you know, it was forever ago, yeah. but I just, I, I laugh about it now. Yeah. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure he introduced this album to me. It, it was either him or Matt. Okay. One of my, my other groomsmen. And the first song I ever heard was Joe's head. Okay. I don't care what Joe said. I just put a boat into his head. And you and, thought and that was it. We loved that song. We <laughs> learned it immediately. We yeah. learned how to play it immediately. Because there's this great, the guitar part in that is great. It's like, doodle-a-doo. Yeah. Doodle-a-doo. Doodle-a-doo. Yep. And once again, it makes sense they were still learning. It's actually very easy to play. Sure. But it sounds very cool. Yeah, it's a cool lick. And, and even the chord progression is really cool. And it was, yeah, after that, we just started listening to the album constantly. Okay, so how do you feel about their stuff now do you like is it is it just not for you i'll be honest with you i have not listened to any of it aside from the stuff on the radio 
Okay. And as far as songs on the radio go, I think those songs are very good. Yeah. I don't dislike them, but I know I wouldn't want to just listen to that. Yeah. What I've heard on the radio makes me go, I feel like I would like their songs on the radio, but I would not like their other stuff. Exactly. That's how I feel about Blink-182. Yep. It's, <laughs> it's how I feel. That's kind of how I feel about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I don't hate Taylor Swift song. I don't think I would want to just listen to it. Sure. Um, but I hear them and I'm like, this is a good song. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say anything bad about it. Yeah. It's not something I would really want to listen to. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about uh, the newer albums. I okay. Mean, I, might go, I might give them a listen. Yeah. Just to see what they've been up to. Because even that album came out like 2008. Yeah. And they've is... made like three albums since then. <sighs> So they're, I mean, they've still been making music. Yeah. They're still together. I'm pretty sure they're still out on tour now. That's crazy. That's so cool that, that they can make that work. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. Because if you're like, if you're a family and family, and if you are able to play and just be with your family all the time and make money, that's cool. Yeah. You got to like your family, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. Skillet does that too. It's a husband wife combo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, the lead singer. Dude, I couldn't imagine. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> right. I love I love my wife to death, but I I don't know if I could have a career with her as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like to keep my career and my personal life very separate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I'm with you there, Thor. I'm with you there. <clears throat> but um yeah, dude, well, this is a pretty I would say it's a pretty solid recommendation. Uh, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse. It's probably not something. If I were to listen to one of the songs um, on my own, I don't think that I would have listened to anything else. Okay, I get them. that. Yeah. Like, but listening to everything—that's something about this show—is that we kind of are forced to listen to things that we might naturally not want to listen to. Yeah, for sure. And and I feel like that helps me appreciate it more because. Just listening to one song, I don't think I would have started to listen to the bass or started to listen to the guitars because um, my mind would have just been stuck on the vocals. Okay. And yeah. I'd have been like, Mm-mm, no, it's not for me. Like, it's okay, but it's not for me. Yeah. Okay, Mushmouth heads. We'll yeah, see you later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but listening to it a couple of times through, um, I think it helped me find things to like about it. Okay. If right that on, makes cool. sense. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. So yeah, overall, I think it was a pretty good recommendation, man. Again, it's uh, that's it's a perfect recommendation for this show. Cool. All righty. So let's move to ratings then. All right. Hmm. On a scale of one to ten, I I don't even know. Uh. Uh. You know what? How about just on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 to 10 numbers. Hmm. I'm going to go with 7. Okay. Yeah, solid. Solid album. <coughs> well, solid mix of those two albums. Okay, right on. Yeah, I really liked the music. And you would take AHA Shake over Youth and Young Manhood. I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I leaned I leaned towards that one. Yeah, makes sense. I, that, and that seems more your style. Yeah. Honestly, it has more more melody, more melodic stuff, mm-hmm. more like crisper, kind of clean, more crisp and clean uh, guitar tracks and 
Yeah. What do you think about the white stripes? Do you think they would fit into this category? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, they, me too. They could definitely be on the same playlist. And I also fucking love the white stripes. Yeah, they're one for, uh, like, I feel like I would like their singles. I like their singles. I don't know if I would like their music, like the rest of their albums. Yeah, it's definitely more, a lot of the stuff that's not the singles is more like blues inspired oh maybe i'd like that i enjoy some blues like <clears throat> genuinely one of the white stripes songs is it's called little room and it's just jack white playing a tambourine and singing that might be kind of fun <laughs> that might be kind it's, of fun it's and it's fucking incredible yeah i'll let you i'll let folks pause this go listen to little room by white stripes it's like a minute long <laughs> and and it's really good. It's just a man singing with a tambourine. And it's fucking incredible. <laughs> okay. I'll have to check that out. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. One out of ten. Uh, that's the scale that I used. <laughs> One out of ten <laughs> numbers. <laughs> One out of ten numbers. Uh, and I gave it a seven. Seven numbers. <laughs> seven numbers. Yep. How do you guys feel about Kings of Leon? Does anybody else out there, do you guys prefer the newer type of music that they're doing? What are they doing now? Anyway, is it good? Let us know. Because um, it's been like 15 years since either of us have really listened to anything of theirs uh, as far as their new stuff. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, next week, Thor, I've got a recommendation for you. Okay. We are going to get into a series. It's a fairly... Um, the season is fairly short. It's only eight episodes and the episodes themselves are only 30 minutes long okay right on it is the show called barry which you can find it on what used to be called hbo max now you can find it on max because fuck those letters yeah i saw the funniest the funniest like internet responses to them changing their name (laughs) and the best one though was this guy was like HBO Max is now going to be officially known as Max, the place where you watch HBO. (laughs) (laughs) Those assholes. They made me create a new account. Yeah. They logged me out of the account too. Because I guess because Warner has bought a bunch of stuff. I think they bought uh, Discovery. Oh, so they're merging I don't know if they all were, but yeah, they're basically taking everything Warner Brothers. And putting it in there? and putting it on there. That's okay. my assumption of how, of what exactly happened. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Yeah, well, Max. Yeah. Well, Barry is the show that we're going to be watching. I've seen, I've seen that come up. I have no idea what it is or what it's about. Do you want me to give you a rundown? It just or? has, I know it has, uh, um, Bill Hader. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's all I know about it. So he is, it's like a dark comedy. Um, it's pre- I would say it's pretty even on the dark and the comedy, and it's about a hitman who discovers a love for theatrical acting. <laughs> okay, and that's where we'll leave it. All right, sounds good. Yep. So Barry on Max. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we're gonna watch. I mean, the first season's eight episodes long. Watch as much as you want. Okay. Yeah. And... No, we'll do the first season. So okay. We'll just review the whole first season. All right. Well. Next time on Get Wrecked, we're going to cover the first season of Barry. 
on Max. So, until next, bleh, bleh, bleh. Keep that in. Until next time, folks. As always, you get wrecked out there. Stay wrecked. Yeah.